Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, and welcome. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Father John and my good friend Joe Doman here Hi. with you. Welcome back. It was a very, very exciting weekend. Joe was ordained. Last time you heard from him was two weeks ago. And uh, we were talking about the upcoming ordination, which we've been waiting for for years. That's right. But the exciting thing... Is not Deacon Joe. It's that we have a third microphone today. Yes. And it's his sister. You want to introduce her? This is Alicia Doman Hernan. Actually, just Alicia Hernan. She's been a Hernan for, what, 20? No. 19 years. 19 years. 19 years in January. This is my, she's number two, and I'm number nine in the family, so. That's right. Family of 10. She's been like my second mom. She's been awesome. And uh, yeah, she was out here for the ordination. And yes. she accosted uh, Father John oh, yes. about a uh, previous podcast, and so, so the only had, way to and that's not entirely is, true. Uh, since this, you know, listening listener lands, you know, doesn't really know me. I accosted is a strong word. But <laughs> so there's that's a good a, point. Expressed my opinion uh, is probably a better way. I th- of saying she, it. <laughs> she said that one of the podcasts that uh, I wasn't a part of. Thank God. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he it was a great idea, trouble. but it crashed and burned. So yes. she had some uh, words to say. So actually, I think this is the first time. Is this the first time we've had a woman? Yes. On the podcast with the microphone. With the microphone. I'm honored. I'm yeah. I truly, truly. Way to represent your race. This is, yeah. I am here representing all Christian women. I don't that's think, right. Well, I don't think uh, women are a race, uh, but anyways, that's another topic. <laughs> oh, wait. You did a, I want to remind you about what we need, we need to talk about. Oh, Mike. yes. Another big thing happened this week. Mike, our producer, uh, his wife had a baby. So congratulations, little Harper. Little Harper. And Mackenzie, the mom, doing well. Uh, very exciting. So Mike's a big part of this podcast, even though you've never heard from his the voice. very beginning. Yeah, he is the one who gets stuck listening to all of this nonsense, and then uh, we don't edit it, but he produces it and publishes exactly. it. Exactly, he's the one to blame for not editing out something. So. You can hear the sound of a child in the background, and his name is Levi, and uh, he's a pretty cute little guy. Oh, hey, now he's looking at us. Ah, hey, buddy, we have a couple of Joe's family down here, and um, it was great because on Saturday night we had the, literally eighty percent of all podcast listeners in the same room. <laughs> it was Joe's gigantic extended family. But during that time, um, I was accosted, uh, and I say accosted. You like that word. Yeah, by um, five of his sisters, right? And uh, we started talking about several, two podcasts in particular. The Temperaments one, which I wish we could do because Alicia's mm-hmm. a choleric also. We could just yeah, totally I, I might as well you. not even have a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Joe showed up early on time today, and I was like, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> But we're not going to talk about the four temperaments. We're going to talk about um, emotional chastity. That's right. Because what we realized was that, um, well, we've known for a long time this podcast needs a woman's touch. Um, <laughs> but that podcast in particular, I, I got a lot of uh, feed, we'll just call it feedback. Did you? Uh, yeah. Regarding the topic. Mm. Um, and so what I want to do today is I want to get, first off, Alicia's first impression as a mom uh, of many, many, uh, young girls, some of whom are now in their teenage years and kind of, how is this playing out? How are you forming them? And, uh, we're going to try and take a positive spin on it because Absolutely. I was kind of reacting to something and I'll talk about it a little later, but, um, so give us your first impression. Oh, and just so everybody knows too, Alicia is the mother of 10. I think oh, yeah. that should be said because there, there's some credentials. <laughs> she's not just any mom. She's like a super mom. She's a, she is Her a super oldest mom. is, she has no, a 17 year old daughter yeah. and how old is Claire now? Is she a year Six yet? months. Six months. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. she has the whole spectrum. There's plenty of moms who are super moms who don't have 10 kids, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> okay. So you listened to the podcast and you were filled with choleric rage. Or what <laughs> That's was the- not true. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your experience. Okay. I guess my thought, um, and true, like as soon as the mom starts talking, you have baby in the background. That works. <laughs> Sound effects. Um, 
I was very excited when I saw the title of the podcast and I was excited at the beginning of it because I think this is an important topic, especially for women and especially for teenage girls. And so I um but so I listened to the podcast with great expectations and then was somewhat disappointed at the I don't know. Maybe that's the man perspective, which is certainly valid and important. But I just thought, oh, this is this is so important. You know, I wish that they had done more with this. And I typed an email that I never sent because I'm too busy to send emails yes. <laughs> thoughtfully. So um, so anyway, but the one thing that I and I actually in talking with siblings, um, we all wanted a better definition. I mean, I have my own opinions, but I thought it would be great to have a really good definition of emotional chastity, which okay. you probably could give at the very beginning because some people had no idea what what you were talking about during the whole podcast because okay, they so, were confused. So this is going to be fun because we're going to kind of go back and forth here. Here we go. <laughs> because I have a more negative approach to the whole concept and the way that it's used. <laughs> uh, not that it's not good. And we want to focus on the good. But, um, sure. Well, I don't know. I don't, for a lot of people, I don't think it is used. Like I, I know just talking to my family, I've heard, I've heard of emotional promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Emotional chastity, I've kind of heard in that context. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my family was like, what is emotional chastity? Oh, yeah, so like, so never, why don't you just ha- define it? No, no, no. You define ah! it. <laughs> a lot of people don't use it, though. And then so the people who do use it, then you have a problem with how it's used by the people you hear. Gotcha. Okay. So let's let's go back to the uh, to the foundation here because there is there a, lot of, a lot of uh, importance in this phrase and something is being expressed and is, is really needed in our time. So go ahead and give us your – Definition. Your 17-year-old daughter says, what is emotional chastity and you? how okay. do you describe that? Um, well, because the term chastity is used with it, I think most people automatically assume, you know, uh, the best analogy to use is with physical chastity. So what's physical chastity? It's being able to share appropriately with the relationship you have with the person in front of you. You need to be chased with um, your friends, with your boyfriends, but you also need to be chased within marriage. And I think that that can go with emotional chastity as well. If you want to take that analogy from physical chastity to emotional chastity, emotional chastity would be learning to share what is appropriate with um, the people you're in relationship with at a correct level with your uh, level of trust, your level of commitment to them. So you can be emotionally mm. unchaste, by example, Facebook, which is would be a huge uh, example, symptom of people sharing the most intimate details, blah, just spreading them out there to people that they barely know. Um, But then on the flip side, you can also be emotionally unchaste by not sharing enough with people you are in relationship with and learning Mm -hmm. how to be vulnerable in the correct situations because we are meant to be in relationship with each other. So, it's so there's like, two flip sides. Like, pro- like proper boundaries proper for boundaries. one and then proper channels of communication like knowing when when there should be a fluid boundary. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now I like that. Um, I'm going to ask kind of an awkward question here to qualify. I'm assuming you're talking about uh, when you say relationships, relationships between men and women. Uh Honestly, in this day and age, I think you have to be careful either way. Okay. You know, and I think that there can be... Because Joe was being a little emotionally unchaste, I think, with me, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I'm just joking. <laughs> All the time. I think we have no boundaries. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I think that there is certain boundaries. Like, for example, I was thinking, um, my father. I feel like um, my father has been very appropriate in what he shared with has shared with me throughout my life as his daughter. I always knew he had vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And he, he was able to say that. I'm a sinner. I ask forgiveness of you. Right. But he never shared inappropriately. I never knew the depth of his heart and his struggles because that was an area between him and the Lord or between him and my mother. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And so that was appropriate because he was vulnerable to me, 
but appropriately so. So I think it can be, it's a term that could be used with really with any relationship. Excellent. Now, what do you think about C.S. Lewis's line that um, all relationships between men and women lead to eros? They lead to the kind of love that is kind of desirous. And so um, that's a very strong statement. I've thought about that for uh, years because basically what he's saying is that any time I commit myself into a deeper relationship with a, with someone of the opposite sex, it's going to lead down that path towards kind of eros. Did he actually say going or can? All of them or are ordered towards. So it's, it's strong. Um, it is a strong but word. If that is uh, the case, then this notion of emotional chastity would be important because it's actually, it's not just like I'm relating with you, but it's actually like there's a telos right. that we're made for intimacy, and it's going to at some point manifest itself in a physical form if it just keeps going deeper and deeper spiritually. Well, that is something that um, my husband and I were talking about as we were talking about this topic, and I told John, Father John. All of my good ideas come from my husband, Michael. <laughs> um, and so we awesome. were bouncing things off of each other. But um, I think that the best way to define as far as men and women is that, and again, to use the physical analogy, both men and women need emotional and physical chastity. You, you, everybody needs both, obviously. Mm. But I think the correct term, what to say, is physical chastity is more of a challenge for men and emotional chastity is more of a challenge for women. Mm. Not that... You both don't need both, but there's certain challenges that God has given us in our physical makeup. So I don't think that um, most women, most women, of course, you know, we always make generalizations, but still, that's how we have to talk. Um, don't run around looking at men thinking, oh, I want to jump into bed with him. Oh, I want to jump into bed with him. From what I understand, men definitely struggle more with that, those kind of thoughts. But women do struggle with fantasizing about men, uh, what would it be like to marry him? What would it be like to talk with him? And just sitting down talking and having that connection. Because people, we want to be known. We we want we have a desire to be known. And that desire is good. That's that's of God. But it also needs to be controlled and right. couched correctly, um, just as the physical attraction also is good, but needs to be controlled. Mm. Uh, so it can lead to that, but it absolutely. needs to be and, uh, redeemed. We had a girl here. We had a retreat a couple weeks ago up at CU here, and this girl, Jessica Barnhart, um, gave a great talk, a women's talk, and it was basically all good. about that. Good. And one of the things she used as an example, which I was like, I could not believe it, was Pinterest. Okay? Mm-hmm. Pinterest? Pinterest. Do you know Pinterest? No, I know nothing. Oh, you Pinterest? guys are such such men. Such men, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> Give it to me. Mike has actually even been on Pinterest. Come on. Oh, man. It's, you Do put up different ideas. This is, why I, <laughs> this is why I have sisters. Okay, so t- explain, Joe, what Pinterest is real quick. It's basically, you have, it's mostly home decorating ideas, fashion ideas, any kind of ideas to do things that you put up and then other people can comment on them and like them. You can go there to look for creative ideas. That sounds so exciting. It's, <laughs> it's the kind of thing, yeah, my mother, yeah, at least every, uh, women are big on it, the what she was talking and about. Father Brian Larkin, probably. Father Brian Larkin loves Pinterest, yeah. And, and uh, but uh, you've been slamming him like you're getting back now publicly. Um, but what she was talking about was a lot of women on their Pinterest wall. So you're pinning these things on, supposedly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They have a mar- they have a wedding uh, wall yeah. where they're pinning ideas. Oh, I like this dress. I like this cake. I want to do this as the centerpiece. They're not even like dating anybody, but they're mm-hmm. they're literally planning out their wedding, which mm. is crazy. Which is crazy. So, isn't that what girls do? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's just kind of uh, the way that technology and communication and things are happening. It's just kind of, I don't know. You know what? Can I just jump back real quick to what you had said about all what C.S. Lewis's quote? Yeah. Um, because the one thing about why it's dangerous for women to to go there, like like you're just saying, that 
think about their wedding and have those dreams and all of that because being emotionally unchaste is what opens up women to be physically unchaste. Right. Yeah, right. And that's how men, some men, subconsciously even, maybe not even realizing it, can manipulate women into into the bedroom by being, oh, I'm somebody you can talk to. I'm, you know, I can, you know, whatever, listen to you, hear your dreams, and all of that. That's that's why women have affairs. Right. Women don't have affairs because necessarily because they're looking for physical gratification because they feel alone because right. their husbands don't listen to them or whatever. And so that's why, you know, like we were saying about being chased in all relationships. As a married woman, I need to be emotionally chased. I need to be emotionally chased with my husband because I need to share with him. I need to be vulnerable with him. But I also need to be emotionally chased with the the men in my life. You know, you guys, right. my male friends at home. I have to be very, men that I really love. Right. I need to be very careful right. about what I share with them because for women, one leads right to the other. I think it's important you know? too, though, for, uh, for men, especially young men uh, who don't know how women work and can, right. can just want to be good friends with people. Right. And all of a sudden they could be leading young girls on. Yep. Because they're just trying to be, you know, they're trying to listen well and and mm-hmm. be sincere and give something, give them something to talk to, and without even thinking, I'm interested in her or I'm looking for a relationship. But girls can get when they have that, they expect a relationship that's deeper. You know, I just think because guys can just be clueless. I have been one of them throughout college. I was like <laughs> looking back. I'm I know like, Joe. I know. Exactly. <laughs> she was picking up Alicia, the pieces. Alicia lives in Steubenville, and I went to Steubenville, so she was she was witnessing some of these uh, disasters. But I think it's important because. Uh, yeah. That's why emotional chastity is important. But, but on your podcast, I it was you and Nathan, but it seemed like you were frustrated with how it's used. Yes. So like yeah, I, 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 I see it as we'll like to, we'll get to I see second. it as an important thing. Yes. But I don't understand. Well, and again, I think the good thing with this is to say like the majority of the people who are probably listening to this, are, this is probably a new topic, mm-hmm. right? And so, I was speaking to a specialized like uh, group, to like Colorado so, University, you know, uh, Thomas, primarily Aquinas. focus actually. Really, focus. Uh, uh, my experience with. Uh, talking and discussing with focus missionaries and the way that they were using it and uh, at my campus here in different places. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a specific um, sure. formation that they're receiving. But I do want to like just affirm and, and say, give her the thumbs up here. Like just the classic line that like men will give, uh, men will give love in order to get sex and women will give sex in order to get love. Mm-hmm. It's basically mm-hmm. uh, the way things are playing out and uh, all kinds of questions in that. Yeah. But basically what I was kind of going for uh, or trying to do in the whole kind of theological section as she said, eh, I got all theological. That's what everybody always says. These podcasts. Which was, is still very valid. Very I want to know what an emotion, I want to know what an emotion is. That's the first question because mm-hmm. that is not the language of the, of the tradition. That's the language of psychology. So if, if my sexuality is physical and spiritual, it seems like a reduction to say that the spiritual side is just emotions. Women are just emotional when it's like, well, I'm trying to have, uh, self-mastery over my sexuality, which is the entirety of my existence, which is soul and body, but we're calling it emotion and body. You know what I mean? Right. So it seems like a, a well, reduced think, anthropology. That was my... I think chastity is the overarching thing, and chastity is expressed physically and relationally. So you call it relational chastity, but I mean, even that relationship is physical and spiritual, I guess. Spiritual chastity? I don't know, but I think it's just to distinguish it from... The physical, but right. how, what do you have another word that you? Well, would I think want the emotions kind of go in between the body and the soul. I think that that's kind of like when I look at like there's some really good groups doing um, working with uh, 
um, the uh, psychology right now, like the uh, IPS Institute of Psychological Sciences out in DC. They're doing like mm. really good work, and they're kind of articulating psychological terms like emotion and kind of placing it mm. in a good anthropology. The reason this whole conversation started was because I was accused of emotional unchastity as a spiritual director. Meaning that you were too forthcoming or They're not forthcoming enough? Too forthcoming. Hmm. And that really kind of freaked me out because we were not just at the level of emotions. It wasn't just like, hey, let's go watch, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, a walk to remember together or something like that for <laughs> spiritual direction. It, it was like we're like at a deep level um, uh, of the soul kind of work uh, discerning spirits basically that's the ignatian approach to spiritual direction that freaked me out and then that's what caused the whole kind of rant on the podcast which is usually what happens something happens during the week and then i uh, complain about it for 20 minutes or something like that into a microphone into a microphone and we publish it online and, and then we send it out to all 300 of joe's family the uh um but that's basically what happened and that said to me um wow uh, either i'm on a different i'm in a different universe than this woman who I was directing, who had real concerns, or um, this this term is being really, really misused, right. and, um, and and I think this is the key. I was seeing emotional chastity as a as a way of justifying my desire to not be vulnerable with anybody. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Which, you, which is cool because Absolutely. you talked about at the beginning how that was one side of it, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. in the circle that I was kind of. Dealing with at the time, whatever week that was in February or January, um, uh, what I'm seeing in my generation is a fear of commitment and a fear of a radical fear of vulnerability. And, and, and an mm -hmm. and it, they're, literally, we are incapable of community in a way that I think is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And we're using phrases now like emotional chastity to help guard us to say, well, you right. just tapped a little too deep. You just went a little too close. And it's like, fine, but are you living, are you living life in the light with people? And mm -hmm. so – of the two temptations, there mm -hmm. certainly is – there's this the swing. And what I was seeing was not the um, the kind of you know emotional vomiting and then leading into physical promiscuity. It was more of the just kind of shutting down um, because of an over-spiritualism that's think, happening in the church yeah, and in I, young people. I particular. think something important that she said was, uh, was, it, was it was governed by your relationships, uh, the commitment that you have in relationships right. and the boundaries that are there. So could you speak about that? Like in his life, like – in a spiritual direction, there are certain commitments and boundaries that should be drawn and boundaries that should be open that mm -hmm. aren't open with others, you know? So mm -hmm. how does that play into that? Yeah, I think that um, in some ways those boundaries or whatever are subjective, which kind of makes it difficult. Like yeah, in the yeah. spiritual direction that you're speaking of with yeah. this young lady, maybe she was seeing things in a different light than you were. And maybe or in her perspective could have been just as valid, right. but there was some kind of disconnect there. Right. So that why that's why it can be a little bit tricky i guess but as far as i mean there's the clear clear commitments of marriage and engagement and things like that but then outside of that i think that you gain a level of trust with certain people mostly in uh with those of the same sex i think that that's where you should need to learn how to gain good friendship one of the things i tell my girls now all the time i have six daughters is that their friendships the friendships that they build that's going to be the foundation upon which their dating, future dating relationships. Right. You need to learn how to be a good friend to people. Absolutely. And how to be able to um, respect other people's boundaries, keep confidences, uh, you know, all of that. And I think as you learn how to trust someone, then that's when you can share more. 
I really can't speak to spiritual direction, obviously, because I'm not a priest and I have not right. been trained in any well, of that. I, I think that's a more exceptional but, situation. Yes, but I know I'm for sure our that experience, that without the companions, without our brotherhood of priests, I mean, it's it's crazy because, like, I was literally not with women for a decade. Mm-hmm. And then I was thrown into the University of Colorado and it was just like, what? This right. is crazy. Right. And if I didn't have the brothers to, to kind of go back to and say, Do you, anybody know what Pinterest is? is anybody, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> obviously like, you don't yes. even, yeah, <laughs> like, I've been waiting three years for someone to say that. No. Um, but it is. I think, I think that's the key is that you want to have a healthy boundary in terms of cultivating chastity with people of the opposite sex. You got to have intimate, transparent, um, deep friendships with people of the same sex. I think that's because essential for that every vocation. Because remember that people want you want to be known yeah. and you need to be able because of that sexual tension that like, you know, C.S. Lewis says is present between every man and woman and every person listening to this podcast should realize that that and that's why those relationships with people of the same sex. When I come across teenage girls who are like, oh, I just get along better with boys, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you know what? You know what, young lady? When you get married, your best friends are not going to be men. Your yeah. best friends are going to be your girlfriends for the rest of your life. And if you don't have girlfriends, you're not going to anybody. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to wind up to real problems with your marriage, you know? But so that's why those um, same-sex friendships are very important to learn how to build correct trust and relationships outside of that sexual tension. And then when you are friends with the young man, and I certainly was very – like still, like I said, still have guys who I'm really close with now – but there has to be a correct understanding of what's appropriate to share because that just opens things up. And just speaking to the priesthood, I I agree with you in that it is so important for priests especially to understand they can't be robots and to learn how to be correctly vulnerable. Um, and this is parish priests, priests all over. And I've run into some priests who are just very open and kind and – and you feel you feel like they're a real person, yeah. and that's them being emotionally chased. Right. Mm. But then some priests are like, they maybe they don't know how to control that, so they just do nothing. Well, and I think that's the that's the scary thing is that in it the last scary. ten years, in light of the scandals, that it's just like we got to shut down everything. It's a it's fear, very sad. It's a fear driven thing. Yeah, because so, we've been physically unchased, we have to be like emotionally distant. sterile, yeah, and distant. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of like a trench warfare thing like being in relationships with with a lot of young women but they a lot of them just want an experience of fatherhood Amen. and they don't need an experience of just a cold distant right um mm-hmm. authority figure in their life because they'll look for it in other places right so i like i like your definition we keep going back to it about it's both and mm-hmm. and we have to kind of look at where we're at in the situation i think uh, regarding um relationships one of the best things for me has been being a priest and having friendships with uh, women prior to that, mm-hmm. but then really getting to know their husbands and like yes. all of a sudden, um, I relate to them now as this couple, you know, not That's just right. as Maria Doman, but as Maria and Jake Schweniger who are down here, Joe's sister and mm-hmm. brother-in-law. And it's like, well, they live, mm-hmm. they never come to Colorado. So, you know, <laughs> other than that, but, uh, we, uh, but that's a beautiful thing. And I do kind of counsel guys at that. I'm like, when you, you hit your vocation in a certain point, you have to say, um, these kind of the exclusivity of relationships is a lot of times what drives the because like what is what happens before the emotional chastity okay a lack of intimacy but it's also just exclusivity right mm-hmm. these te- mm-hmm. these teenage girls well he knows me nobody else like no we just connect yeah. unlike anything else and there's kind of this excitement um, mm-hmm. in in newfound relationships but yeah they can get really uh, really destructive really quick one of the things I was thinking about um, as far as um, like that excitement, you know, that you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about Facebook and how that is 
very misused. I mean, it's, Facebook is a tool like anything else. I'm on Facebook. You know, my kids are on Facebook. But it can really be a tool for – and actually, I was thinking about this. It, it can be used as like emotional pornography, yeah. really, where you start to disconnect what people are saying, their anger, their deep fears or whatever, their intimate secrets. And then you're responding to that. And then you're disconnecting what is being written and read from the actual person. And I think that what happens is that women especially can put out – just put out their emotional – their emotions – they're not responded to correctly because they didn't express them mm-hmm. in a correct venue. They're deeply wounded. Mm-hmm. And then when it does come time for them to be in a real relationship of trust, they've been so wounded. Now they find in a real relationship it's difficult yeah. to do. So I just – my husband has a rule for our kids and for anybody that electronic media is only effective for communicating information. Mm. That's it. Anything emotional – you got to pick up the phone mm. and you got to talk to somebody. That's actually a really interesting rule. That is an interesting rule. We should do that. Oh, wait, that would require you to have to actually answer the phone. <laughs> wow. Now the, but I uh, mean, no, that's actually really good. Anytime I think, I'm typing something and I start feeling like, uh, I just, you got to stop. Well, it's, it is so easy to fire off an angry email. That's oh, right. and it just is just like, ah, bam. Send. That's right. That's right. And then you're like, oh, crap. Yep. What did I just do? <laughs> yeah, it's too easy. Technology is really radically. Shaping the way that we um, act on emotions. And it's disconnecting from the personhood. Right. And that's why I kind of use that word pornography in there because that's what pornography is, disconnecting from the person, the right. personhood. And that's that's what's happening with our electronic media. And we just have to be very, very mm. aware of that and to regain the connecting with with someone's dignity of their person, right. you know, which is it's a, it's a real temptation. Questions, comments, concerns, fears, anxieties. Uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at, at gmail.com on Facebook. We got a couple of comments we got to catch up on. Sorry for the emails I haven't responded to. <laughs> and I think that's about it. That's it. All right. Have All a right, good uh, have a good week. Okay, bye-bye.